Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of the Manx Theatre Podcast, with me, Neil Callan. And me, Neil King. Coming up on this week's podcast, in Act 1... I speak to John Young and Lorcan O'Mahony about their new one-man show, The Funny Thing About Depression, which is based on Lorcan's real-life experiences living with depression. In Act 2, I speak to Josh Moore from the Parker and Snell Youth Company. We chat about a play called Chat Room, which they're taking to the Edinburgh... Fringe Festival. Then in Act 3, I spoke again to Lorcan to find out a little bit more about him in our Getting to Know You section. So, without any further ado, let's dim the house lights and lift the curtain on Act 1 and my chat with John Young and Lorcan O'Mahony. So, here we are with John Young and Lorcan O'Mahony. Correct. Uh, welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Great. Um, do you know, every time I try and say your, your surname properly, I can't help but do it, but with a little, little bit of an Irish accent. That's fine. Better than what I usually get. And I mean, even people have put up posts about this show in the newspaper and on videos, and they still haven't spelled my name right. <laughs> so, I mean, just getting to a pronunciation is great. Excellent. <laughs> so, we're, we're here to talk today a little bit about um, your new play, The Funny Thing About Depression. So, could you tell us a little bit about what we can expect? So we're currently on the Monday, just before the show, which is on the Wednesday and Thursday, the 24th yep. and 5th yep. of, of July, July 2019, for archiving purposes. Yeah. And uh, it's a piece that came out of, I wrote some blogs a few years ago about my experience with depression, and John read them. And it's a piece that we kind of talked about about a year and a bit ago, Yeah. after he'd read them, and John and I grew up in theatre together basically and we just had this idea of moving those blogs and my experience into a play and that kind of was an idea for a while and then a few months later John just said right let's do it so here we are and we've we've been Skyping um, writing sessions we've been uh, having collaborative Google Docs and we've got a loose script I mean the benefit of it being my story um, about depression is that you know, I know all the, learn- the lines off by heart anyway. Yeah. So it's just working out what order to put it in. And because it's a play and not just a lecture, I mean, we could do a lecture, but mm. no one would want to come to that. But with it being a, a play, obviously then we want a bit of a kind of a narrative yeah. and a bit of a order. and Put a bit, a bit of an arc through it. Essentially, it's I'm a, trying to control Lorcan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a lead. Good, good I mean, if we're, if we're talking metaphors, I've got a lead around Lorcan's neck <laughs> and I'm just making sure he doesn't run off. <laughs> and every now and then I'm trotting along, John, and that's fine. But every now and then I see a cat across the road and I try and run across. Absolutely. Yeah. He's like, no, oh, heel boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's exactly that. And uh, I mean, it's been very collaborative. So mm-hmm. we've made it together. It's yeah. very much our play. Yeah. It's not like a university group. group. Yeah. project when someone turns, comes in right at the end and takes the credit for it yeah I think there's lots of I think you have done of, probably more than me way more than me but yeah but 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 I think that's because it's not my but that's helpful I think it's helpful to have someone who doesn't know this is kind mm-hmm. of on the outside of the story so I can because I'm the audience I yes. that's that's why I'm there right that's otherwise it would be Lorcan standing on stage telling, telling a story which I'm sure would be great yeah but and, and I suppose it I found it difficult mentally just going through all this, and if I had to deal with everything else on top of that, then I don't yeah. think we'd get to the show. No, we wouldn't. And it's that's that's been a factor is trying to just make sure that we kind of look after you know in in the least patronising way possible, like look after you a little bit because no, it's like it's, you know we are trying to dig up your depths. Of... Well, exactly, I suppose. And to, to get the material together to, for this piece, you've got to sort of re, relive mm-hmm. those those yeah. those those events, I suppose, to, to a certain extent. And... Yeah, we had the benefit that I had written a lot of my experiences down in a blog. 
Um, so there was a lot of source material there, but obviously it didn't all fit together perfectly and there were parts that we felt we needed to explore that I didn't explore either because they weren't right for the blog format or because I, I didn't have a narrative in mind that we've had to, you know, John set me writing assignments and stuff like that and I've sat down and, and written things. It, it wasn't all already there and even the stuff that wasn't there we have, we've had to work through and, and stuff like that. So there has been a lot of revisiting difficult parts, but I mean, it's the reason we do it. If they were too difficult to revisit, then I probably wouldn't be putting on a show. Yeah. We, ha we do have to go there, though, because yeah. that's what the whole show is about. Mm -hmm. And although we are trying to kind of make sure that we're not, you know, we don't want to destroy Lorcan before we put the show on, because that would be pointless and everyone would have to have a refund. But at the same time... It would be a logistical it nightmare. Would be really. a well, I'd have to go no on No understudies. It would be me talking about depression, wouldn't it? <laughs> Sadly, Lorcan can't make it tonight. Yeah, He's, yeah so I, I would have to do it. So, and we don't want to do that. That would be tragic for everyone involved. Mm. But at the same time, we are trying to make a show. And there has to be drama in the show. Yes. So it's my job as a writer and director to try and push without pushing too far. But also, you know, we need to ensure balance is made because we also don't want this to be a really heavy night at the theatre. And it should, it will be, of course, because of the subject. But we keep trying to go, OK, right, we've gone heavy now. How can we... Mm -hmm. It needs to be more of a roller coaster, and, and it has to end with joy, I think. It can't... There's no point in taking the audience down into this big dark cave and then leaving them there at the end of the night because mm. no one wants to pay £12 for that. Yep. I mean, it's, that's not great fun. And it's called The Funny Thing About Depression. Yeah. So people come around... And go, how was it? I was like, well, I actually left and I was really, really miserable. Yeah. Then why would we have called it the funny thing about depression? So yeah. we, we've got to make people laugh. Well, we could have done that to disarm them. Disarm them. Yeah. And maybe it is going to be really, really sad and we're just doing that to kind of lull them into a false sense of security. But that would be cruel, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good idea, isn't Theatrically it? Theatrically brilliant. Yeah, we could say it's like a proper comedy and then it could just be like really, Absolutely really dark. Not. It's not at all. So it's fine. It You're going to be all right. It's, it, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because Lorcan's in it and he tends to be quite funny. Most of the time. So naturally, it will be quite, you know... It, it is Lorcan on stage for over an hour telling you his story in, in at times, a really hyper-theatrical way. There are, there are points in the show which are really theatrical. You've but, ri we've written songs, there's song yeah. and music in it. But Lorcan being Lorcan, I think, that probably doesn't stay too serious for too long. No, exactly. And that's a point. And if it, it stayed too serious for too long, then it wouldn't be me and it wouldn't be my story and it wouldn't be believable and it wouldn't be accessible, which is yeah. what we want to achieve as well. Yeah, everyone knows how to laugh. We may not know how to talk about you know subjects like depression, and we may not be able to access those, but we all know how to laugh. We yeah. know how to do that all the time. And I think sometimes the reason that people struggle talking about depression is because they feel uncomfortable and they don't know how to do it. Whereas what I think Lorcan does is Lorcan breaks the ice yeah, with a yeah. massive sledgehammer. <laughs> it smashes the ice and you go, okay, cool. So maybe, maybe we're okay about doing that. Yeah. So this has very much then been a, a work in progress then. Obviously yeah. you haven't got a script to start with and then you're working from there like you would do with any other normal play or show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is very much a, a device piece and that's, that's something, John, that, that you've had a lot of experience with. Yeah, so I suppose that's my, my bag really is I have done a lot of work with new writing and devising. And whether that be a, like a new play that's made with a writer in the room or whether that be devising work with a company of actors... Yeah, I've, I have, I've done a lot of work like that. And I think what's really exciting about that is, for me as a director, I get to also be an, a bit of an artist. Mm -hmm. So I get to be really creative with people. I don't think I'm the kind of director who is like, can you stand over there and move your head on that beat? Or can you be angry? Or can you be sad? Or you need to shout at her like this. That's not my style, really. I, I, what I think is really special about theatre and, and art is collaboration. Mm. So I like working with people 
and throwing loads of ideas in a room. And you can do that on plays and musicals. And I do, you know, I started doing, I'm doing lots of musical theatre at the moment. I'm doing lots of plays as well. So you, you can you can have that same sense of creativity. But when you don't have a script in front of you, yeah. the world is your oyster. Yeah. And you can kind of go anywhere. And that is exciting. But, you know, in, in many ways, it is, it's just as exciting having a script. Yeah. Because they are completely different things, aren't they? A script allows you to be creative, but in a different way. Yeah. And you get to spend more time on other elements of it than you would with a, with a devised show. And the thing about this show as well is, the thing about any devised work is, it might not work. No. Like we might put it in front of an audience on Wednesday... And, and, we, tank. And, uh, and it might we may go okay well that didn't work but also that's okay for something yeah. like this yeah, yeah. we're trying something new you know when you pick up a script of a play or a musical you're probably looking at draft 15 oh yeah at least you're not looking at the first night of something no. you know it takes you know good material takes a while to develop but also something like this show which relies really heavily on the audience there's lots of audience interaction uh-huh. and we get the audience involved quite a lot especially something like that we really won't know until it until basically everyone sits down and refuses to do anything. Yeah. I think I think we're lucky in that we're putting it on in the Isle of Man and the people who are coming will know me and will want to be engaged and that that kind of thing. Yeah. And the fact is that the South Douglas Friends Association as well, I mean that's that's a great sort of little yeah, venue. Yeah, I mean, it's a great venue. If you if you were at the gaiety, I think it really would work the same. It wouldn't be wouldn't as, as you know, as, as personal and, and, and as close. So. No, yeah. it would be it wouldn't be honest and it wouldn't be accessible because I mean not only is there literally that physical barrier of about of well, you know, the music pit and then yeah. another twenty foot from the fir- the front row to the actual edge of the stage. But there's also that physical barrier of the in, sometimes the inaccessibility of theatre, and you know, it's only certain people go to a theatre, and there's a the, we would have had to charge twice as much for the tickets, and only certain people would have gone because they've got this preconceived notion of theatre. Whereas in South Douglas Old Friends Club, John John's been saying it's it's, it's democratic; it, it, everyone can access it. it. It's some somewhere that we've all gone for a wedding or you know a funeral or anything like that. That it, it's it's not. A theatre space, but it's a space for theatre. Yeah, and I think what's quite nice about that is you don't, you then don't go in with any preconceived ideas. Mm-hmm. I think if you go into the Gaiety Theatre, you're expecting a big lavish show, aren't you? Yes, of yes. course you are, because you're in, because you're in that beautiful Frank Matcham Proscenium Arch mm-hmm. Theatre, which yeah. is possibly the most stunning theatre in the oh. world. Like mm-hmm. I'm like literally, it is beautiful. It is the most magnificent building in the world, but it comes with a certain set of expectations. And I think as standing in the space. I think it's a, it requires something that this show isn't, and it wouldn't. Yeah. It, w- it just wouldn't work. Like it's it be- it's beautiful and it works perfectly for everything that is in there. But for something like this, we needed something. I think people are going. We don't know what it's going to be. It's yeah. in the self of the soul. It's mm-hmm. we don't know what the show is. We don't. And I quite like that yeah. fact. And I think when you go to the theatre, you go there for a suspension of disbelief. Yeah. You go there not expecting reality. You go there expecting to sit here. And to be taken away somewhere else. And there are mm. some shows, you know, like Jesus Christ Superstar had the stage coming down towards the audience. And there's plays like Once where the audience kind of come up and get in on stage. But there's still that suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And there's still that kind of separation. When you go into a theatre, you're, you're going into a different world. Yeah. And it's not about the space. No. no. We could pick this up and do it in the car park down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We literally could. Yeah. Like, we, as long as there's somewhere for people to sit... 
we could do it anywhere, but mm-hmm. we could just dump this in the middle of a field and it would it would it would work the yeah. same because we've tried to take there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. And I think that's what's probably I imagine a little bit daunting for Lorcan, but also incredibly exciting is that Lorcan steps on steps on on that stage and goes, Here we go and from that moment on until the end there's nowhere. There's yeah. there's no nothing. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no nowhere to hide. No, no, not at all. I mean I'm I'm less worried about this, I guess, in a strange way. Because, I mean, when I did Spam a lot, because there being a script, or whenever I do any show, there's a script and someone's next line is waiting for me to get it right. Yeah. Or I'm waiting to hit a cue, or there's lighting pre-rigged and everything like that. Whereas here, if I mess up, it's literally just me. And it, and it is me. I'm not a character. So I don't come out a character. I can just, yeah. oh, I don't know where I am. Um, I don't have to worry about being something or everyone else relying on me. I yeah. do to an extent. I'm, you do. I yeah. see John. John, <laughs> John oh, no, you do. Yeah. You do. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's a bit more... Here, boy. Le- le- there's less of, a, less of a pressure and less of a... Yeah, rigid... no, I know what you're saying. It's yeah. a bit, it's, there, there is a freedom mm-hmm. and there is... And, you know, I do inherently trust you on that front. This but you will be standing right in the back is, of this your This is almost crossed. turning into like a marriage counselling <laughs> session, isn't it? But I do trust you, dear. Yeah. I do trust but you. But it you're needs to gonna, be like... But, tr- but, you know, but our, our marriage... There boundaries on the boundaries, yeah. No, I do trust you. But that's what this rehearsal's for. The rehearsal is for kind of working out where are the limits. <laughs> to break me down into submission. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> essentially, where are the boundaries? Because there has to be some. And that's why it's important that we go, is that a bit too... Okay, we think that's probably a bit too far. Yeah. That we, we are pushing that a little bit. And I think, of course, naturally, I think that both of us are going to push things far. But I don't think it's... There's nothing... Ex, it's nothing extreme. There's nothing kind of... No. There's nothing crazy. I, I, I don't think there's anything massively insulting, is there? No. You hesitated. Not yet. I was just thinking. Okay. You're thinking about what you can put into (laughs) (laughs) No, there's nothing insulting. I think, you know, it's been, it's, it's, it's fairly, it's fairly tame. But also that's because it doesn't need to be because it's about, it's your story, isn't it? And we're not trying to set out to make this like edgy piece of theatre, which is pushing the boundaries. That is literally not what we're doing at all. There is enough within Lorcan's story. Yeah. To not have to do that. I mean, and it's harrowing. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's like there's enough in there without us trying to make it anything. That and it's if not. we pushed it to an extreme, it would very quickly unravel as a piece of honest theatre, and it would quickly become something that clearly wasn't quite right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it would. It wouldn't work. No, because it wouldn't be honest. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for your time. No, thank you. Um, wish you the best of luck, and uh, we'll we'll catch you on the other side. Yeah. Thank you to John and Lorcan for chatting to us there. Two really interesting guys. Yeah, I know some, some really interesting stuff there about the the process, about how they've they've taken his uh, initial sort of his, his ideas and his thoughts that, that he put into his, his blog, and how they've they've twisted them and turned them around and put them into 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 a story in his his story that they've been able to put into a play with with an arc and a, and a, and a movement through it. So it's yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, really brave thing to do as well. Oh just gosh, exposing yes. yourself like that. Yeah. So this is Act Two, where I chat to Josh Moore from the Parker and Snell Youth Company. So we had a really interesting chat. They are doing a play called Chat Room. It's about uh, social media, and they are going to take that to Edinburgh Fringe Festival. They're also going to do a show just before they go as well at Balakameen. Uh, so here's my chat with Josh. So we're here to talk about your um, new project, uh, Chat Room, yes. with the uh, Parker and Snell Youth Company. So uh, tell us more about it. So. Back in 2017, the Parker and Style Youth Company uh, went up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, to perform a play called Eight of Us Pirates. We've gone up again back in 2018 doing a play called Eight and Manx Fairy Tales. And this year, we're back again 
to come and do a play called Chat Room by Edna Walsh. We've been getting bigger and better over the year. And this time we've got a cast of six, which includes myself, Amy Pierce, Laura Nicholson, Samuel Turk, and Leonie Crowther. We have this play coming up. However, we have a lot of stuff we need to do before we go to the Fringe Festival. We really want to start fundraising as much as we can. So this is a bit of a shout out to any companies out there that would like to sponsor this project as well. You get in contact on the Park Yourself Facebook page or on social media, you can follow us and see whether this would be appropriate for you and your company. But we are going to be doing a lot of fundraising as well before we go to the Fringe. We've got a lot to do before we head to Edinburgh. What can you tell us about the, the play itself? So the play itself is actually quite a relevant play. It's based in sort of modern times. It deals with very current issues like mental health, which I think is the big talking point of this play. It deals with social media, and especially in the day and age that we live in, I feel like everything's mediated, like everything is online. And I feel like, especially for young people, it can be an outlet where you can get lost in there. And this play deals with that very, very heavily. It deals with a group of teenagers that are on different forums pretending to be something they're not. They hide behind things and we get quite manipulative with it. And I think this play is important because it really does deal with these themes and it makes a light on how toxic things can get. It has been put up for a sit-up award in the Fringe already before we even got there. So the sit-up award is something that makes light of really topical issues. So yeah, I believe that chat room is going to be a great play and I think everyone should come and watch it because it will leave you thinking, which is what we want to do. What can you tell us about some of the characters in the play then? So the characters, um, basically, it's a group of six teenagers. There's William, there's Jim, there is Laura. They're probably the three primary characters. They, for me personally, when I read the play, they're the most prominent ones. There's also a character called Jack as well, who's very interesting. Basically, they sort of begin quite friendly, on these like little chat rooms. Yeah. So chat rooms like Messenger. Yeah. Typing online, doing what they want sort of thing. And it's interesting because I'm playing William. He gets, from the sort of very beginning, you don't really know what to think of him. He's quite naive. He's quite stuck up, I think. But I feel like he's the character that gets quite dark very quickly. He hides behind the persona and he gets very manipulative. He takes advantage of someone in a vulnerable situation to the extent that he manipulates them to think in a way that makes him feel better rather than the person themselves. But each character is so different as well. What's it like to play a character like that? It is different. I'm sort of used to playing nice characters like Peter Pan yeah. or Pongo the dog. Yeah. So it's interesting to play something that's more real. Yeah. For me personally, I prefer that. I feel. I think it's nice to talk about real issues, real events, be that historical or real people. I do enjoy that aspect of acting more so. Yeah. And this is interesting, it gives me the opportunity to try something new. But I do enjoy playing more grounded, realistic characters. Don't know why, don't know what this says about me. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I enjoy that more so, yeah. Have you worked with the cast much? I have, before. yeah, actually. The park as you've come here every year, we've all been so, so close. Like, we've done shows together. I mean, I started acting when I was about 16. 
I'm 20 now. When you grow up with these people, you really become very, very close. Yeah. We're all really a close-knitted family. Yeah. I don't, they're not my friends, they're my family, yeah. in a sense. But we've become so close. Even with Carl and Colin, there's no anxiety, there's nothing held back in the rehearsal room. You go in there with a job to do, and you go in with a mindset of, let's create a story. There's no hesitation when you go in there. You go in and you just have fun. That's what it's all about. That's why we all do it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And we also like to be, you know, professional as well and work as hard as we can to really tell this story. What have you got coming up then to, to fundraise? So we're going to be having a preview performance on the 10th of August at the Balakameen Studio Theatre. So the doors open at 7 o'clock and tickets will be on sale as of this week. Just a little bit more about the Parker and Snell Youth Company. Mm -hmm. um, so, is this your third year, you said? This is going to be our third year as a group, yeah. It started off, really, when Colin, Colin Snell, who's the director, he's been doing this for years. He didn't start with us. He's been doing this back in Blackpool, when he was back in the UK. Throughout the years, he's done the same with other youth companies. Some people being Jenna Coleman, who was in Doctor Who, and in Victoria, he did the exact same thing with her. He gives you the opportunity, and for that, I think I'm going to be ever thankful. If it wasn't for him, I would never have done it. And it's only been through his storytelling of what he's done up there that made us want to go, oh, that'd be awesome. And then because of him, he's seen that we were passionate about it, that he gave us that opportunity to go and do that, be that through Carl and Colin. Every year that we've gone up, we were, we're also close with Colin as well. Um, he treats us like adults. He treats us very professionally. You go in the room and you get on with it and you become this creative team, which is great. And you learn so much from one man. It's crazy. I mean, I've like learned so much, not just through acting, but through life as well. Colin's great. Every time, every time I work with him, it's never the same. It's very, very different each time you do a new script, a new approach. It's always great and always really fun. Always challenging as well. Yeah, that's the great thing about acting as well. Like every time you do it, it's never the same. Well, thanks so much for talking to us about Chatroom. Just one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard the podcast before. We do a little Q and A at the, at the end of the um, show. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm not going to do that all now because I, I don't want to spring it on you. But one of the questions is the gender swap question. Okay. And you're one of the few people I've spoke to who's actually done. A role in another gender, haven't you? I you have, played yeah. a female. I have, yes. What was that like? I played Cecily Cardew in The Importance of Being Earnest. Fantastic. Last year. Y you know what? I think that was, talk about challenging, Yeah. that was probably the most challenging part I've done. It was challenging for a few reasons. Number one, you're gender swapping. Yeah. Number two, it was a very, very short rehearsal period. So it was three weeks where you're adapting into, number one, the importance of Oscar Wilde it's not an easy playwright. He's very challenging, and it's very difficult. <laughs> but, but when it was when we did it, it was fun. It was such a, a laugh as well. You do have to switch off sometimes. You have to just immerse yourself. You just go, you're not Josh anymore. You're Cecily Carji. Okay. You go on that stage, and you are that character sort of thing. And it's interesting because it wasn't just me gender swapping as well. There was my friend Samuel. He was like my closest friend, and it, it was really bizarre. We were in the wings one time, and I was like, Sam, is it bad that I fancy you? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> he was, no it, he was, he was, I was like, you're a, you're a pretty girl, Sam. <laughs> but it was great. Awesome. I, I loved it. 
if I could do it again, I would. Yeah. Well, we hope There's to no see hesitation in a, we hope to see in a frock again. So. <laughs> For sure, man. Okay, so That's what I love about it. Yeah. Just, I'll do anything. Fantastic. Give me the script and I'll do it. Thanks yeah. so much for talking to us and no best of luck with chatting. Thank you very that's much, great. Neil. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's that's quite quite an interesting young man there. Clearly, clearly very passionate about his theatre. Yeah, he's very dedicated to his art there. Um, lovely guy. He had a lot of great things to say about Parker and Snell afterwards as well. Sorry about the coffee noises in the background there. We were in Costa and it was quite loud. <laughs> um, but yeah, great chat. Thanks. Thank you, Josh. Finally then, we move on to Act 3 and our Getting to Know You section, where I met up with Lorcan again uh, to find out a little bit more about him. Getting to know you, getting to feel free. Okay, this is uh, Act 3 then. This is our Getting to Know You section with uh, Lorcan O'Mahony. So let's get straight straight into this then. So question number one then, what was your first ever role? My first ever role on the Isle of Man was Oliver, I think. So that was in 2001, started in 2001. I moved to the Isle of Man when I was nine. So it was Oliver, but I'd been doing little bits in school. I was the music man in one school production and stuff. So it's one of those that I've been doing it since I was very young. I can't probably remember. Oliver would be the one... Sticks out as my first theatre role, anyway. And you were the awful dodger, yeah. I was the dodger, yeah. Yeah, as a part I would have loved to have played. Yeah, you still can. Well, at fourteen, might be a little bit too old for it. Okay, then question number two: What was your last, or what is your latest role? My last role was Sir Galahad in Spamalot, which probably my favourite role, really. Certainly the the part that I had the most fun playing. My current role is me, really, (laughs) (laughs) which is. it's an easier part to play, I think, or more difficult, depending on how, how you look at it. It's one you're, you're very comfortable playing. I'm not that comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more comfortable playing Galahad. Uh, so question number three, then. What was your favourite role? Favourite role, I definitely think, was Sir Galahad. Uh, I just loved doing the show. Not necessarily the role itself, although that was great fun. I just loved playing that part in that show um, with that company of people, present company included. It was just really, really fun and just stupid and it reminded me why I loved musical theatre from the start because I I don't do it very well I mean I'm obviously I've got absolutely loads on at the moment but for a period of five years I did two well five years I didn't really do anything and five years before that I really didn't do anything because I just found musical theatre to be uh, not really kind of enjoyable anymore Spamalot completely changed that again so I think I'm only going to try and do fun parts from now on well, you did say at the end of Spamalot that you were retiring again. For Yeah, I, and, and I retired for all of a few months because I've got Blood Brothers then coming up in November. After Blood Brothers, I'll retire again for a while, I think. Maybe. Maybe. What would be your dream role? Dream role, uh, after a bit of deliberation, I've probably thought of two now. <laughs> One would be uh, Christian from Moulin Rouge. It'd probably be my girlfriend's dream role, actually, to watch me play it. Uh, it's a movie that um, I've always loved, but but it's kind of... Our movie, mm. but I, I just, I just love, love it all. It's, it's a, you know, a bit of a jukebox musical, but um, I think Hugh McGregor is brilliant in it, and it's always a role that watching the movie, I've been incredibly jealous mm. of. Some great songs in there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely brilliant songs. And the other dream role, which is another adaptation from a movie that I absolutely love, is uh, once it, uh, I think it's just called Guy or Boy or you know, yeah. it's one of those. He, he's not got a name, but. Um, played by Glenn Hansard in the film, and that's that's an album I, I know off by heart, and, and it means a lot to me. And I, I just love the Irish music side of things. There's a lot of traditional Irish music in it, and it inspires it, and, and throughout it, and you know, set in, set in Dublin, not too far from where I'm from. 
I can easily do the accent. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have to put on an English accent for once. <laughs> okay, question five then. What uh, part were you born to play? Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be a particular part, but it could be a part that's sort of the, either the most like you or the part that you would find probably the easiest to play. I mean, the part I was probably born to play most was the part of Lorcan in The Funny Thing About Depression. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the most like me. I found a lot of fun playing Galahad just because it was just it was ridiculous. But, uh, you know, I, I got to play a bit of a, an over-the-top version of myself that just kind of loved just enjoying life. So, yeah, apart from the obvious cop-out that is myself, probably probably that. Excellent. Right, so question number six then. What is the best and all worst costume that you've ever had to wear? The best costume I ever had to wear was in Sister Act when I played Sweaty Eddie, the hero cop. In one scene only where I came on and lamented that I was a bit of a nobody and no, you know, Dolores would never pay any attention to me. Um, and then it turns into a, a dream sequence. So I had a, uh, a cop costume on and then I start singing a bit of a, like a slow disco song and there's a part when then the, um, there's loads of homeless people around me kind of cross across but as they cross they rip the cop costume on and I've got a full on sequined disco suit on underneath which is great and then I went into a dance number and then at the end of that the people cross across again and take off the disco costume and I'm back to the cop costume so it was a double change you know you're used to seeing like a single change in, in theatre but I enjoyed it just for the, the shock value yeah, I remember watching that. I remember the first time I saw it being absolutely dumbfounded how how it happened because it just it just didn't see it happen. It was just yeah. so seamless that the people walked past you and the costume was gone. Yeah. So I kind of worked out possibly how it had worked into uh-huh. the disco outfit, but then to get back into the cop outfit again, yeah. it was yeah, it was quite shocking not to realise then that you were like triple layered up to yeah. begin with. And it was absolutely roasting, obviously, because I was wearing three layers of costume. <laughs> the worst costume. The worst costume is one that we shared, <laughs> and it was. Although I don't know if it's the best, it could it could be either. And it involved very, very, very tight rainbow spandex trousers and a very, very tight rainbow spandex top. I'd just and like to point out, though, he says, well, we shared it. We both wore different versions oh, of the yeah. same outfit. We didn't <laughs> yeah. actually physically share the same costume. Yeah. And then there was fluffy leg warmers and boots and a fluffy um, kind of shoulder thing. And then a hat, rainbow hat. Yeah, this is this was for the, the Lancelot number, wasn't Lancelot it? Lancelot number, yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure if that's the worst or the best. Possibly both. <laughs> both at the same time. Yeah. Excellent. Right then, the final question then, and this can quite often be the trickiest one. Yeah. This is the gender swap question. Which role would you most like to play of the opposite gender? Chair. Chair. Easiest question. Boom, straight in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it. No more explanation. Just love Cher. Excellent. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. Look, or, sh- all three of the dream girls. Or, all three of the dream girls, yeah. right. Okay, brilliant. Well, I think, we think we've learned a lot more about you there today, Lorcan. So um, thank you very much for your time. See you again soon. Thank you there to Lorcan for those insights. Salem, I can really picture him as Cher, actually, can't you? Yes, it's. it's I think. Uh, I think he's actually got the wig already. So, yeah. <laughs> so then, that then brings us to the close of episode five. Remember to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. 
If you've got any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote in a future episode, then you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. All that remains is for us to say thank you so much for listening, and we hope you join us again next time on Manx Theatre Thank you very much. Cheers. Goodbye. Goodbye. An actor's life for me.